0: Hello everyone, welcome to the sidecast podcast, second season. My name is Ashton Yoon, and this podcast is about psychology and mental health. But this time, for the new season, we have a new topic, which is life and healthcare in the process of getting there. This episode is the second part of my interview with Dr. Palayo. If you haven't already, make sure to check out the first part before listening to this episode. Make sure to stay tuned. And then, like, speaking of, like, school and grades, like, how how does sleep affect, like, learning and like memorizing things and like how people can study better with using like sleep so there's a
1: paradox of sleep and I have to think of it from a paradox one of the first uh early sayings in sleep medicine one of the first scientists said if sleep has no function it's the biggest mistake evolution ever made because the animals that are sleeping are vulnerable being attacked right so there's a more modern way of thinking about this that we talk about neuronal plasticity the ability for the neurons to adapt to change Sleep is the price you pay for that neuronal plasticity. That's another concept coming not from me, uh, from other uh, scientists. That what's happening is think about the things you've learned today. Mm-hmm. You know, and you've learned some things today that are not important. Most of the things you learned today are not important. You know, what color was uh, the the shirt of a teacher wearing today? You know the color of that shirt. Somebody says, "What color was Mr. Jones wearing today?" What color is my shirt? Yeah, you'll answer right away. But is that worth remembering for five or six years, the rest of your life? No. So there's a lot of things you should forget. Mm-hmm. But there's also some things that are worth remembering. So if the teacher says something that was really funny or, or was important, you gotta remember that. Right. And some things are weren't remembering for the rest of your life, and some things you remember for a little while, then forget. So let's say that you're your school that you have a locker and you have to know the combination to your locker. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good to remember that when you're in high school, but you should not remember it when you're a middle-aged man. What's the point of that? Right. So there's got to be a situation where the brain can take information that's acquiring. And incorporate it to the old information and also get rid of information at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that offline processing can occur while you're sleeping. And another thing you think about humanity, one of the things that makes us different than other animals to some degree is our creativity, right? Being creative. Mm-hmm. I saw that I think that's in your email account, right? The, or oh, the name yeah. is to create something, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 I noticed that when I was looking up the link today. Well, creativity is a human function. There right, other animals are probably creative too, but it's something unique. It's, it's particularly important for humans. Mm-hmm. And what's the biological adaptation of, of creativity? Well, we're animals, and our world is changing around us. Right. So, our ability for us to adapt to a changing world, think about the ice ages and all the things that have happened. Mm-hmm. Humans can adapt to the environment. So, the way you adapt is by being creative. So, how do you take new information, incorporate it to the old information, come up with new solutions? Mm-hmm. Sleep seems to be how that works. And at some point... We're going to understand the physiology of creativity. And it's going to be tied into REM sleep probably. But there's a way the brain works. So there's there's something to that. So we think that sleeping helps us remember and help us forget simultaneously. Right. And that's another concept that's important. Some things are worth remembering, some things are worth forgetting. And how does creativity work? And these are all things that have something to do with sleep. So that's important to memory. And this has been studied, this has been looked at. If you uh, ask somebody, so connect two words together, but say, you know, I said, you know, when I hear the word ball, what's the first thing that pops in your head? You say maybe baseball, for example. Sure. But if, I, if you, I wake you up out of sleep and I ask you what's the first thing you think when you hear the word ball, you may say something completely different. You may say meatballs or something mm-hmm. that's still connected, but it's not as tight a connection. Mm-hmm. So there's some, some looseness to those connections that occur, right? And, and that's part of it. And also, to remember things that are important when do we go over them in our sleep, there's something called procedural memory. Mm-hmm. For example, if you if you do athletics, how do you go through a maze, or how do you learn a play? You got to memorize the play. Mm-hmm. Or you've heard people talk about muscle memory. Well, how does that really work? Well, procedural memory seems to occur, laying down in our sleep, specifically in our dreaming. And they've done experiments with rodents, mm-hmm. where they make the they have little wires implanted in the animal's brain, and then they make the animal learn a maze to get a treat. And the maze, the the firing pattern in the brain, serves a certain pattern to it. Then when they have the animal go to sleep, they see if that pattern recurs. And then the animals, when the pattern recurs in their sleep, the next day those animals perform better.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So they've enhanced their memory. And it gets even wilder. When they're dreaming, the time is one-to-one, one second-to-one second, the procedure. But when they're in non-REM sleep, there's also memory processing in non-REM sleep, it speeds up by a factor of seven. So it's like fast-forwarding really fast. Like sometimes people listen to a lecture by speeding it up. And in yes. your brain, it's going all these procedures at a really fast rate, really fast mm-hmm. clip, too. I see. They do things like memorizing word pairs. If somebody gets enough sleep, they have to memorize some words. Sometimes all you have to do is memorize, right? It's called declarative memory. Mm-hmm. You know, this goes with that. This goes with that. And sometimes in high school, we feel like that. We're just memorizing things randomly, you know, yeah, yeah, road yeah. memory. Well, sleep enhances that ability to do that. And it gets even even more interesting. There's something, I don't know if you heard about this yet, Ashton, something called mm-hmm. targeted memory reactivation, TMR. I've heard of it. Target memory reactivation is now we're getting, not just talking about sleep disorders, Mm -hmm. as a physician, I work with illnesses, but we can also talk about improving the sleep of people who are healthy or hacking sleep. So one of the sleep hacks that they've occurred to them is, let's say you have to memorize a series of words, Mm -hmm. random list of words, just pure memorization. And as you are doing this memorization, somebody pipes in a certain smell that you've never smelled before. Mm -hmm say lavender, some scent of lavender something you never smelled before, some, some variation on that. Then when you're sleeping, they pipe in that smell again. Uh-huh. And that's because you connected that smell with that word you're listening. Yeah. And when you smell that in your sleep, next day, they test you and your scores improve. Oh, so wow. by reactivating that memory of the smell, you've also reactivated the memories associated with that smell, which was that word you're trying to memorize. I that's see. called targeted memory reactivation.
0: Oh, what? that would me. have been helpful for my, for my finals, but okay. <clears throat>
1: Right now, these are, novel- <laughs> these are novelties. Right now, these are novelties. Nobody's really figured out yet how to apply them on a regular basis. However, they did some research recently where they found they could use it to manipulate nightmares. Oh. So learning about a set of words is nice, no. but some people have horrible sleep, and they have these horrible nightmares, so they don't look forward to sleeping. And again, they did something similar where they tried to introduce a tone, it was a certain note on a piano, mm-hmm. and they were trying to learn how to uh, control their dreams, something called dream rehearsal. I don't know if you've heard about this. Mm-hmm. So typically, let's say you have a nightmare, a typical nightmare, you're being held down, or a nightmare that you're falling off a cliff, or a nightmare that you're trying to open doors and, and you can't find the key and somebody's chasing you. Sure. And especially if you have a recurrent nightmare, same nightmare over and over again. Some people are so freaked out, people have post-traumatic stress, reliving mm-hmm. this problem. And the thinking is these people have trouble forgetting because it's such an intense fear that right. they can't let it go so the yeah. nightmares come and come the same over and over again and what a psychologist will do is teach them a technique where you say let's change it let's imagine it differently there's a children's book you may own i don't know if you own any children's books but you maybe there's a book that you may have had when you're a boy called where the wild things are oh remember yeah. the, where the wild things are remember that mm-hmm. story yeah it's a story about max and max misbehaves and gets to his, sent to his bedroom without dinner yeah. And then he falls asleep and he has this dream of these monsters. Mm-hmm. But in the dream, he actually plays with the monsters. He becomes the king of the wild thing. So the things he should fear become his friends. Right. And that's dream rehearsal therapy, where something that's scary to you, you actually turn around. So that's, a ther- that's something that psychologists will do with a patient with nightmares, is let's imagine a different scenario. Let's imagine it differently. So somebody's uh, going to hit you. You can make believe that they're made of marshmallows. They're made of ice cream. It's your imagination. Mm-hmm. Being scared of a nightmare is like being scared of a painting that you've made. You can change the painting. So dream rehearsal therapy, what they do is they try to teach you to imagine things differently. And it works, but it's not a skill you have to work on. But the same concept I told you earlier about with the smell of the lavender, the targeted memory reactivation, has recently been shown to work also with nightmares. But instead of using a smell, they use a sound. So as they were going through the dream rehearsal therapy, they would play this like piano note. Yeah, and then when the person was in their dreaming, they would play the same piano note, and the person in their dream realized through the dream rehearsal therapy, and they got better. Oh, and then, so we're starting just now to think about how to hack, how to get mm-hmm. into the sleeping brain to enhance our lives when we're awake, and, and so that's a brave new world of this, and we mm-hmm. don't know if the downsides of this or not, but this is where we're headed. Where we're trying to hack sleep,
0: and does that have to do with like lucid dreaming or like the whole hacking sleep, or does that, or is that like a whole different concept?
1: No, there's all related to it. Uh-huh. Lucid dreaming, as I mentioned before, was what I think started. That got the ball rolling in my head. Right, right, yeah. I was 12 or 13 when I had that lucid dream. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't had any for decades until just about a week ago. I had a second lucid dream. Oh, really? After decades, I finally had <laughs> another one. But uh, when I talk to young people, that's something that fascinates them. Because the younger you are, the more likely you have it. And I don't know if you've ever had a lucid dream, but people who've had lucid dreams never forget them. Mm-hmm. And people who never had them are very skeptical of them. Oh, Have you had that experience of manipulating a oh, dream yeah. yet?
0: Like about yeah. like maybe six times.
1: Good for you. Oh,
0: yeah. Cause you're in a world where there's no rules. Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. the question is, is it worthwhile doing And Lucid dreaming may be a hybrid state. It may not be pure sleep or pure dreaming. It's a hybrid state where you become aware of your dreams. Oh. One of the features of dreams I think is interesting is that people can't remember their dreams too easily. You got to work to remember dream. Sure. Dreams are meant to be forgotten. It seems. And that's always been a curiosity about it. And the way I've come to think about it is if we didn't forget our dreams, later in life, we'd have a hard time remembering something was really happened or did it happen in a dream? How mm-hmm. you I mean, would just distinguish the, the dreams of your reality, excuse me, the memories of your reality versus the memories of your dreams, unless right. you forgot the dreams. Yeah, that's happened. So it's kind of yeah. like, like a reverse processing. And we think the phenomenon of deja vu, mm-hmm. I've been here before, maybe a sense of you remembering a dream yeah. too. So lucid dreaming ties into all of this. But lucid dreaming may be a recreational thing mm-hmm. for the fun of it, but it also maybe be therapeutic and possibly could be pathological. If somebody has uh, you know, uh, some mental health issues, they may not do well with it, perhaps. Right now, I'm not aware of anything horrible with doing it. It's, the sleep quality is not as good, though. It's not quite as restful, I think, with lucid no. dreamers. At the so same active? time, perhaps, because you, you're, it's an altered state. It's not, not the full part of it. But something that I know has been measured, and I've seen, the, uh, I've read this, is people who do lucid dreaming, I think they be more creative when they're awake. They tap into that creativity.
0: I see. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, so I wanted to talk about a little bit about your, what well, you're involved in the organizations. Um, so you, you're part of Start School Later, and I wanted to ask about that because my school, I, they like partially implemented it. They On Wednesdays, we start school like an hour late but I want to ask about whether or not that's a good thing because my mom was saying like it disrupts your circadian rhythm by having like one day off so I just want to ask about your opinion on that
1: sure and I met your mom I have a lot of respect for the work she does Mm -hmm. so what you call call that like a block schedule in some schools Mm
0: -hmm. so you're
1: probably going to a private school Ashton. then Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. because in California by law they can't do that to you anymore oh really as as of this year Uh it it was a six-year process I was involved in it. but by law now in the state of california California became the first state in the nation to have a law to protect the sleep of teenagers but it mm-hmm. only applies to public schools local public schools and public middle schools the reality is that we know that teenagers are sleep deprived in general about 70 percent of teenagers don't get enough sleep and lack of sleep is associated with impulsivity greater substance use car accidents just not being happy mental health issues mm-hmm. impulsivity we have a problem with mental health issues and suicidal behavior and these things are all aggravated by lack of sleep because lack of sleep makes you impulsive it impairs your judgment yeah and some of the horrible things you hear about are related to impulsivity and lack of sleep also if you don't get enough sleep even doesn't have to go to the extreme just mild sleep deprivation Mm -hmm. makes people grumpy in the morning makes people inattentive right right you what you shouldn't eat coffee first thing in the morning if you've had a full (laughs) night of sleep right you should not wake up angry doesn't Mm -hmm. make any sense. You should wake up happy. You woke up. You've had a full night of sleep. You don't leave your restaurants feeling hungry. Why do you wake up feeling tired? Right. So the problem we have is that there's not enough sleep to teenagers. And the evidence of this is very obvious to anybody who's listening, the fact that teenagers sleep in on weekends. Mm -hmm. Elementary school kids do not sleep in on weekends. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, think about your own life when you were seven years old. Did not you remember the joy of being seven years old and waking up and saying, oh, it's Saturday. I don't have to go to school. Yeah. remember the pleasure you had if mm-hmm. anything you got up earlier from my generation it was a chance to watch to watch cartoons right mm-hmm. i remember that the pleasure waking up early in the morning and i didn't have to go to school yeah so little kids get all the sleep they need the only reason somebody sleeps in is because they're not getting enough sleep normally mm-hmm. so you know you're sleep deprived imagine if they dealt with food the way they deal with your sleep as you, they do in high school now imagine if your parents said to you Listen, Ashton, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, eat all you can because come Monday, I'm going to starve you. And then come, you know, Monday through Friday, I'm going to starve you. And then uh-huh. Saturday and Sunday, eat all you like because I'm going to do it again the right day. Wouldn't be yeah. insane. That's what they're doing with your sleep. Mm-hmm. Sleep has a vegetative function to it. It's an appetitive thing. So you're only sleeping in because you're not getting enough sleep.
0: Right. I so see. the sleep
1: deprivation is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And, and what they found was that there's a shift in your biology. If, if I may, just let me finish this. Sure, sure. When you go through puberty, humans and some other animals also, they shift the way they sleep. So there's a natural inclination as a population. There's always Mm -hmm. individual differences, but a population of teenagers tends to go to bed later to favor the night. And this also happens with some primates, marmosets, really cute little primates. If you've ever seen a marmoset, look at a picture of a marmoset. Uh They're super cute. They don't have TVs. They don't have cell phones. They shift their sleep when they go through puberty also. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense for a tribe of people. If you believe what I told you earlier, that sleeping is uh, inherently a dangerous thing, right? There's, right. That there's some issues with that. Well, if somebody's gonna be staying up late at night, right, and then other people are gonna get up earlier, and there's the whole tribe protect itself. So we have, mm-hmm. who's gonna watch the fire? Maybe the young adults or the adolescents. Mm-hmm. So there's a shifting for you to go to bed later, but for budgetary reasons, high schools tend to start earlier than middle schools than elementary school, because they think what well, the, the teenagers can get to school on their own, and not the little kids do. So you have this perfect storm. It's been described as a perfect storm where the, your brain is shifting you to sleep later at night. Growth hormone is saying you want to grow taller. The physical lengthening of your bones occurs in sleep. You're not growing all the time. Your bones are, are, are getting longer in your sleep. So you are getting you have this growth going on. right? When are you going to make the femur longer? When well, you're not using it, offline. Growth hormone surges in your sleep. So you have this increased growth going on. You have this biological shifting of yourself to, to nighttime sleep to be a night owl same time in high school is forcing you to go to bed earlier excuse me you to start earlier so you're being sleep deprived and it's beyond sleep deprivation Ashton. because sleep is not a homogeneous thing there's different kinds of sleep we talk about dreaming sleep and non-dreaming sleep we talk about that as rem sleep rapid eye movement sleep and non-rem sleep the rem sleep your dreams dominate the last third of your night dreams are not evenly uh, spaced out Mm -hmm. the dreams get more vivid and more intense as the night goes on so when you wake up too early what are you cutting off your dreaming time and teachers will tell you all the time, I want you to follow your dreams, but you have a school system that doesn't let you dream enough, they're (laughs) cutting off your sleep, right? Yeah. It's a platitude, follow your dreams. Well, let me dream, Mm -hmm. right? So they're cutting you off and that happens. And that's when we think memories enhance, creativity is enhanced, and they're cutting that off. So what they've done was, and it's not a California thing. It was done over 20 years ago. They found that if they simply did one thing, make the school start later, the population of kids got better. And they kept doing it in state after state and district after district. They started finding that wherever they did it, rich schools, poor kids, didn't matter socioeconomic status, because everybody sleeps. If you gave the teenagers a chance to sleep longer, they took advantage of it. The cynics would say, Well, if stars school starts later, they're just gonna stay up later. Mm-hmm. Well, you could be a cynical and say that, but but this is science. You should measure it. Do the experiment. And the experiments were done. When the school shifted by an hour, the kids got about forty more minutes of sleep now yeah they went to bed a little bit later but how would you feel if you got 40 minutes of sleep every single day right mm-hmm. so so what happened It'd be nice right mm-hmm. and there were improvements in this so this was this kept happening in district after district but we get the same problem at every time you talk to school they say well we can't do we can't change the school start times because if we change our start time then the other school district's sports team will be out of sync with ours and there's a domino effect <laughs> yeah. so in the state of california senator portentino and um in Southern California, he talked publicly about his brother uh, dying by suicide. Mm-hmm. And when he learned that there was a possibility of decreased suicidal behavior in young people by giving them more chance to sleep, he took on this project and he, he championed it through the uh, legislative body. Mm-hmm. And it got vetoed. It took us three turns in the legislature. The, uh, Governor Brown vetoed it to get it to pass. And Governor Newsom, thankfully, did uh, sign it into law. And then we gave a three implementation process for it. But with the reason we did it statewide is so we stopped having the arguments between school districts about what time to start and do it statewide. Mm-hmm. And it's for public schools. So for your school, I would ask them, and you just, you just have to petition it. You just got to mm-hmm. insist. So your mom is correct. That block period may alter your um, circadian rhythm a bit because there's a change, but that's because you're shifting a little bit your sleep. Right. But the bigger issue is you're getting more sleep. Mm-hmm. And, and the cynics will say, well, the kids are just they're not going to use up that time to sleep more. I always say that's kind of like saying that I know my kid is starving, but I'm not going to give him more food because he's not going to eat it. That's not true. Yeah. Yeah. If you're starving, you're going to eat the food. If you're sleep deprived, you will take the sleep. And that's what's been shown. Mm-hmm. This is not speculation. The data has been done, the experiments have been done over and over again. We get the same thing over and over again. There's not a single health organization that opposes teenagers getting more sleep. And that it's an international movement. And California is a model for this. So by the way, I started when I was in medical school, visiting high schools in the Bronx and yeah. junior high schools. And that's how I got involved in this and in, in learning about young people and how they slept, especially uh, adolescents. Mm-hmm. So now California is a model for the rest of the world on how this goes. And the law just got implemented this year for the first time. So hopefully somebody in your schools listening to you. I don't know, do the people in your school listen to your podcast?
0: Uh, maybe, maybe later. I only know, have a few friends who know about this, but.
1: Well, you should, you should gotta get the, your, your administrators
0: involved. Mm-hmm. That's what you really need. You need some parents that are just gonna stick
1: to this and say this is not right. Yeah. And you'll see.
0: Mm-hmm. So do you have any final like tips for I don't know, viewers who are watching this, who are in high school and like are affected by the whole school system, or they have, where they're getting limited sleep? Is there a way for them to compensate for that, or like?
1: A couple of things. things. First thing,
0: it, it may sound ridiculous, but I told my my kids early
1: on, sleeping is more important than doing homework. Sure. Okay. The, so. Because you can do your homework and, and pass the thing, but you're not really learning. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's about health. So you want to make sleep a priority in your life. So, you, so what you want to do is block off how many hours sleep you're going to get and then work around it. Mm-hmm. The homework has become a very, um, almost done by committee. I don't know how you do yours, but people always want to blame the cell phone. True. Because that, that's what's different about your generation than your parents' generation. They didn't have cell phones when they were teenagers. And my parents' generation blamed rock and roll. And my grandparents' <laughs> generation blamed jazz music
0: uh-huh. or they
1: blamed the TV. They always blame something that's different. Reality, this is, this is biology. Remember, the marmosets don't have TVs and don't use cell phones, and they do the exact same thing that teenagers do. So block off your sleep, make that a priority. The way homework is often done these days is you do it in small groups. So even though you're in your room by yourself, you may be actually interacting with other teenagers and helping each other out doing it.
0: So yeah, we were talking about like Tips for listeners about how they can like make up for the loss of sleep goal cool system?
1: So basically, you want to make sleep a priority in your life, and it's easy mm-hmm. to say, hard to do. You lock in the wake-up time. Keep the same wake-up times on weekends and weekdays within an hour or two at the most. Take a nap if you have to. See, anybody, the way they sleep, you can sleep longer, you can sleep less, right? You, you say, I like to get nine, I can with six or something. Mm-hmm. So learn long as a teenager, start getting by as little sleep as possible, but then you're getting fragile there. You really want to optimize your sleep to the point that you wake up feeling refreshed. Also, I think for any of the teenagers out there that or anybody listening, that if they find that they're tired, no matter how much sleep they're getting, that no matter how much sleep they get, they're tired, mm-hmm. then there's something wrong with the quality of your sleep. Instead of trying to get more hours, speak to a physician about getting seen and having your sleep measured by a sleep physician. Now sleep medicine is readily available throughout the country. and You get it checked out. Think about the things that are interrupting your sleep. They're going to always say the same things to you. Don't read in bed. Don't watch TV. But mm-hmm. reality, that's not where it's at. Oh, they're gonna blame the light, and those things play a role. But what plays a bigger role is the content. Are you looking forward to sleeping? Are you making sleep a priority for yourself? That's what you really want to do. You should not have to sleep in if you're getting enough sleep. Uh, Or how to do your homework efficiently, or cut back on your on your academic load. Mm -hmm. You're not, you know, life is too short to to be hurting yourself. Remember, what you're really doing is cutting off your dreams. Waking up early,
0: cutting off your dreams.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of a special thing you get to do.
0: All right. Well. I think that last question about wraps it up. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really love talking with you. Ah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that was super interesting. Sure,
1: I'm, ha- I'm happy to continue this anytime mm-hmm. you like. I, and I, I wish you luck in, in, in the future for you. Yeah, you should Thank be you. very proud that you're getting this done. Good for you.
0: Thank you so much. Good job. Bye-bye. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much to Dr. Palayo for joining me today. After hearing about high schoolers' sleep needs and public high schools getting more time to sleep, I really hope my school does the same. It was really fascinating to learn about her brain, sleep, and dreams. This was the end of my whole interview with Dr. Palayo, so thank you everyone for listening, and goodbye!